Welcome to Holy Smoke, the Spectator's Religion podcast. I'm Damien Thompson. I'm Christine Eldoni. There's growing evidence that more and more Christians in the West support same-sex marriage. Research by Pew shows that two-thirds of mainline Protestants and Catholics in America back gay marriage. Black and white evangelicals are less keen. The proportion is between a third and a half. But the direction of travel is the same for everyone. The shape of the graph is, is roughly the same. Acceptance is growing fast. But this is America we're talking about. We can read across to Western Europe, but not to the church in Africa or Asia, where homosexuality is regarded as an abomination. There's another problem, too. Protestant churches are self-governing and can change their line on same-sex marriage far more easily than the Catholic Church, whose doctrines state that gay marriage is an impossibility. We're joined by the human rights campaigner, Peter Tatchell, to discuss what I've always thought is the topic that could fracture worldwide Christianity, um, but not necessarily in Britain and the West. Um, Peter, there's, there's been a dramatic shift in, in British public attitudes, hasn't there? I'd say, for me, it's been the most dramatic shift that I've witnessed in my lifetime. Is that your feeling as well? I would say that the LGBT law reform movement has been the most successful law reform campaign in British history. Uh, in the space from 1999 to 2013, about a dozen anti-gay laws or restrictions were removed, and there's never ever been such a swift pace of change on any issue in any aspect of British history before. But it's not just the legal change. I mean, Peter, I remember being at the Catholic Herald, uh, not then editing, but as a little hackette, when you outraged, uh, as part of outrage, uh, the whole of the Christian community by breaking into Canter was it Canterbury Cathedral? We didn't break in. Okay, okay, walking into Canterbury Cathedral. You walked Cathedral into the pulpit. Yes. And walked into the pulpit and embarrassed and humiliated uh, the then Archbishop George Carey uh, by standing there with, I can't remember how many of you were standing there with placards and you know banners. Now, I remember the public opinion at the time was not pro-Peter Tatchell. It was very much, you know, we are, uh, we are really outraged that our traditions have been broken, that our, um, that our Archbishop has been humiliated in this public way. Today, people talk about gay protests and gay marches as if they were the absolute, you know, the right of, uh, of anybody to do. And they, they think of Kerry as having been backward and um, antiquated in his views. So it's not just the legal um, successes. It's the fact that today everybody tolerates gay marriage. Everybody seems to tolerate... Uh, gay adoption and the mood music has completely changed you know you go to a university town in, in Britain and what do you see from the windows but those rainbow um, banners proclaiming that yes you know we all uh, stand together with the LBT. Well let me say I don't think we should necessarily confuse university towns or destroy the election with, with public opinion and, uh, you no, know, I right, certainly but... wouldn't say that everybody's in favour of, of, of gay marriage but nonetheless the shift has, the shift has been 
dramatic. Since Christina Ray is Canterbury Cathedral, let's just go back about why we did that. Um, Outrage, the direct action group, had tried for eight years to get a meeting with George Carey to discuss his opposition to legal equality for LGBT people. He was saying that uh, same-sex couples are inferior and they should not be entitled to the same legal rights as everyone else. Now, he refused to meet us for eight years. And as a last desperate measure, we went into his pulpit in Canterbury Cathedral on Easter Sunday. We did not disrupt prayers or any sacred part of the service. We calmly walked into the pulpit when he began his sermon to simply criticise the fact that he was saying the law of the land should discriminate. And he was organising members of parliament in both houses to vote against gay equality. That was the issue. Now, we did that as a last resort. People were outraged. Well, I say you should really not be outraged by a calm, peaceful protest in a church, but outraged that a Christian leader advocates legal discrimination. Because, as we said at the time, discrimination is not a Christian value. Well, he's now, you know, he looks really backward when you compare him to Pope Francis, who famously said about uh, gay, gay marriage, who am I to judge? So um, now, I'm going to stop you there. I'm going to stop you there, Christina. I, think there's a, I, think, I, I truly think there's such a misunderstanding about that comment by Pope Francis. He was responding to a question about a particular gay clergy friend of his, incidentally somebody, somebody accused of improper behaviour whom he'd found a, a, a home for in the Vatican. And he was asked about this, this particular individual and he said, well, if a gay man wants to follow Christ, who am I to judge? And this has been, I think, really widely misunderstood by the world at large because Pope Francis has also said that gay marriage is diabolical. And I've never personally thought that, that Pope Francis was gay-friendly. He's taken disciplinary action against at least three priests who've advocated gay equality. Okay, but they're all seen... Uh, these prelates are now <clears throat> so obviously out of tune with public opinion. And I think that those graphs, were they um, reflecting Western Europe, the graphs would be even more dramatically in uh, support of gay marriage. And if they were reflecting uh, people under 40, I think we would see a, an extraordinary uh, spike. And I have to say, for the first time, I'm really almost convinced by Damien's argument that what we're witnessing is the secularization of religious groups. And you are, you're on to something, Damien. Well, so, I mean, something I do notice de- dealing with Catholics is that I know a number of practicing Catholics who've, who wouldn't think of themselves as, as um, thoroughgoing liberals, who've attended gay weddings and in one, one or two cases even, even, even given speeches of them. And there is, this, there is definitely a dissonance between, shall we say, their, their social lives and the theological position of their church. But the point to which I referred earlier is that the, the Catholic teaching against gay marriage is as set in stone as, as, as it is possible for any Catholic teaching to be. And I think it's completely unrealistic to expect that the Catholic Church will ever sanction it. It's also set in stone its opposition to women priests, but I would say this is even more fundamental. Um, now, there's a theological dimension, and there's also a sociological dimension, political dimension, 
one of the reasons, one, one, of, one extra reason why the Catholic Church is unlikely to change its stance is that the Catholic Church is becoming ever more African. The proportion of Catholics who are African is growing all the time. It's turning into an African church. And you know better than anybody, Peter, that not just Catholics, but Christians generally are very unsympathetic to gay rights in Africa. Well, that's true, but there are beacons of hope. I think it was a Catholic bishop, maybe in Ghana or Nigeria, which, who recently spoke out against the criminalization of same-sex relations. Um, in South Africa, there have been a number of Catholic priests who have taken a very strong stand in support of LGBT human rights. Um, in Uganda, um, Christopher Sinyonjo, formerly a, a bishop in the Church of Uganda, has been a strident advocate of LGBT equality and as a consequence been forced out of the Church of Uganda and even had his pension taken away. Scandalous behaviour by the Church of Uganda, which is part of the global Anglican Communion. And actually it's, it's the issue of homosexuality rather than anything else that has split the Anglican Communion to the point where, in my opinion, it no longer exists. They're not holding a Lambeth conference because they all hate each other so much that they can't be in, they can't be in the same room. And it's not just in Africa. I mean, what I found really compelling was Peter's uh, outing of the Middle East and the Russian gangs that were persecuting uh, gays or suspected gays even. And, um, and some of the writings you were, you were doing about these victims were, um, well, they made me feel, do I want to be associated with... Uh, people like this in any way and you know even though my 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 faith absolutely views gay marriage as an impossibility can I say that I'm against gay gay couples and gay marriage when that makes me part of these you know Putin thugs and um, and uh, ISIS corroborators so well can I, can, can I put you on the spot there yeah are you or are you not in favor of gay marriage I'm not in favor of gay marriage in, in that I think that it is not something that I can see a priest in my lifetime ever um, ce celebrating. I do not see gay marriage as happening in a church. I cannot imagine, um, I cannot imagine it in an Orthodox synagogue. However, I'm married outside of my church. I'm married by a, um, uh, you know, I, I, I had to marry in a... Register office. Register office, sorry. That's sorry. what we call them in England. She's Italian. Um, I had to marry in a register office. And I think uh, that, you know, in my, in my church's eyes, I'm not married. So in the same way, I would expect gays to marry one another um, in a registry office. And, um, so you support civil... Out. Same-sex marriages. Civil same-sex same But Peter, I want to ask you about this. Civil same-sex marriages, civil partnerships, gay marriage, it all gets rather confusing. Now, I think that not just most Catholics, but a great number of, of bishops would be in favour of civil partnerships because they're all about the equality for which you campaigned. And I'm certainly in favour of them myself and have attended a celebration of great friends of mine who got a, in their 60s and 70s who, who are in a, in a civil partnership, and I'm thoroughly in favour of that. I'm very pleased that they, that they did it. Um, but 
you know, having achieved legal equality with civil partnerships, doesn't the question of marriage take the whole issue into a sort of theological realm which lies beyond your remit? Well, we haven't achieved, or we did not achieve, equality with civil partnerships because if you have a ban on same-sex marriage, that is discrimination. That is saying that a certain proportion of the population who are same-sex attracted cannot marry the person they love. And that goes completely against the democratic principle that everyone should be equal before the law. To pick up on Christina's point, she may think it's inconceivable that the Catholic Church or any other church would sanction um, marriages in religious settings uh, authorised and endorsed by the church. But two or three hundred years ago, um, people said it was inconceivable that the churches would ever support votes for women. Well, what do you but understand in them they by, did. What do you understand by marriage? And I think, this is, you know, I, I think there's a definitional problem here, which is my, my attitude towards gay marriage is always, well, gay marriage involves a very, very dramatic redefinition of the concept of marriage, and that confuses me a lot. But what do you understand, Peter? You're not a Christian yourself. Well, what do you understand by the word marriage? Well, first of all, let's get away from the idea this is people of faith versus everyone else. In Britain in 2012, in the run-up to the vote on same-sex marriage, the YouGov poll showed that 58% of people of faith in this country supported same-sex civil marriage. Which is what the latest statistics suggest as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and all across the world, we're, we're get, we're, the trend is going in the same direction. More and more people of faith are endorsing same-sex marriage. And slowly and gradually, people within faith communities are endorsing same-sex marriage. So we've just seen the Episcopal Church in Scotland vote in favour of religious same-sex marriage in their churches. Um, that is the way it's going, and that is the way it is going to go until that discrimination is ended. What do you expect to happen in the Church of England? Well, the Church of England and the Catholic Church are going to be long, tough halls because, um, sadly, the people at the top are wedded to doctrines rather than principles and practice of love. Well, that's because, you know, we're a religion. We're a scripture-based religion, uh, as is Islam, and the Catholic Church doesn't feel that it has the right to go against what it believes to be revelation. Now, you don't, you don't accept the existence of that revelation, but Catholics do, and they feel that they, they simply do not have the authority, even if they wanted to, to institute gay marriage because God well, doesn't want them to. Well, well, that's exactly the argument they used to oppose votes for women. It's ordained by God that man is head of the household, man has jurisdiction over women. That was the theological argument used to oppose votes for women. I still have, I, I, I think that there's a difference between vote for women and marriage, which is a sacrament and which is why. Um, I, I fear, uh, Peter, you, you won't be seeing uh, Catholics adapting, adopting and, um, and re, reshaping this sacrament because we simply, you know, we simply can't. This is, this is part of our... Uh, this is part of the, the body and soul of our church. However, I think that while you may lose a few religious battles along the way, what you have managed to do is to equate tolerance and compassion with a re somebody's religious position vis-a-vis -vis, um, gays and, um, and support for gays. And that, I think, is, is an extraordinary achievement. Um, 
you know, when when I look at the the trolling that I've received in the past, a lot of it was you intolerant bigot because I said, you know, I, I cannot imagine two gays being married in my church. Um, and I think that that is what, what the LGBT campaign has managed to do. We have, you have shifted completely the, the playing field. We now have, what is tolerated is support for Peter Tatchell. What is absolutely not tolerated is support for the Catholic view of marriage. I am aware, of course, that um, lots of spectator readers are not big Peter Tatchell fans, and I, can, I understand the history to that. Uh, I just wanted to point out that um, there have been occasions over the last few years when I've learned about the persecution of Christians um, in various parts of the world um, from Peter as opposed to groups campaigning for the rights of Christians. So it's not only gay people whose human rights you seek to uphold. Absolutely. Um, I stand by the principle of universal human rights, and that applies to LGBT people, but also to people of faith. And that's why I've supported um, campaigns against the persecution of Christians in Saudi Arabia and Pakistan, and why I've taken a stand against those who believe in Britain that um, people of faith should not have a right to hold their views. I think they have a right to hold their views, but not to discriminate. And that's the important distinction I make between ideas and beliefs and discrimination. I sometimes wonder whether um, dislike of homosexuality is, is, there is, there is more of the, that is sublimated, that there is more of it than you think. I was, I, I was just thinking about this this morning and running through various various people I know, various journalists. And I could more or less divide those into um, those who are comfortable and happy in gay company and those who, though they'd never admit it, are not. And I've, for obvious reasons, I've kind of got a sixth sense for who likes gays and who doesn't. And I was making a list of those people who I, you know, who, who I think are really actually not that comfortable with homosexuality. and. And quite a few of them were quite a few of them were young. And were they faithful? Mm, a lot of them were, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, th I think it really, you know, you're absolutely right that there is still a reservoir of prejudice or non-acceptance. So the most recent British Social Attitude Survey found that about a quarter of the British public still believe that homosexuality is mostly or always wrong, which is quite shocking, but... If you burrow down, oh, I think a lot of those people may hold that view in their heart, but they themselves would never be hostile or discriminatory towards a gay person. So my mother is a classic example. She is a Bible-believing evangelical. Oh, Protestant. is she? I didn't know that. Right. Yeah. And um, she says, "Well, you know, which the, church the, does she belong to?" Uh, Pentecostal. Oh, right. Wow. Um, so you've kept that quiet. <laughs> So um, she says the Bible is the literal word of God, and it says in the Old Testament that homosexuality is wrong. Um, so therefore she believes it is a sin, but she also believes that homophobia is a sin, in fact an even worse sin, and um, that certainly the Bible does nowhere sanction discrimination against gay people. So that's the argument I've always tried to make with religious leaders. Um, I'm disappointed that you hold the view that homosexuality or love between people of the same sex is wrong but you know 
at least can you not support discrimination mm. in law and not support any kind of hatred or you know, victimization of LGBT people. And that was an argument which we won for about four years in the Muslim Council of Britain. You and know, then what happened? Well, up until about 2007, they had supported the Christian and Judaist fundamentalist groups in opposing gay law reform. So I went to them with a proposal you know, to make this distinction between what they personally believed and what their understanding of Islam was and discrimination. So when the goods and services legislation was about to go through Parliament in 2007, uh, the Muslim Council of Britain issued a statement saying they were not in favour of any discrimination, they would not be supporting the protest against the new law. Um, then sadly, um, a couple of years later, there was a change in the leadership and they reverted to the old position and ended up opposing, with many Christian fundamentalist groups, uh, the legislation on same-sex marriage. I wanted to ask you about Muslims. Taking the Muslim world generally, we know about the... the you know, the, the, the atrocious penalties uh, against gay people in Iran, for example, where they're hung from cranes. Um, Peter, do, do you feel that the Muslim world generally is, is moving in the same direction as the Christian world or in the opposite direction? Or is it more complicated than that? Well, at the start, we cited the American statistics showing, showing two-thirds of um, white Protestants and Catholics in the U.S. supporting a same-sex marriage. Um, a similar poll not long ago found that more American Muslims supported same-sex marriage than evangelicals. That's interesting, but American Muslims are really not characteristic of, of, of the wider Muslim world, I don't think. True, true. Um, what's, your, what's your take on the, the wider Muslim world? I mean, for example, we see countries like, you know... Um, Indonesia, um, which people often forget is the world's largest Muslim country, you know, becoming becoming more Sharia com compliant. Um, do you feel that the Muslim world is is generally becoming more hostile towards gay rights, or is it becoming slowly secularised? Well, of the fourteen countries that currently have the death penalty for same-sex acts, they're all Muslim majority states. Um, nevertheless. Um, there are usually covert underground LGBT movements in all those countries. And on top of that, um, there is a sea change attitude going on among some sections of the Muslim populations within those countries, mostly among younger people and mostly through social media and uh, the Internet. But it's very, very tiny, very, very tiny so far. You see, I, I've seen on, on social media you um, trying to forge an alliance between liberal Muslims and, and um, gay, gay people and, and gay-friendly people in, in the West. And the reaction, often it's spittingly vitriolic, but the reaction often is, well, good luck with that one, Peter. You know, you're not going to get anywhere with it. And it does seem... Uh, extremely ambitious and perhaps a bit naive to me anyway well we are making progress you know undoubtedly the dialogues that I have with um, Muslim people and organizations has become less hostile and more open but there is a long long way to go that's true um, we did a outreach program in Whitechapel a couple of years ago to the Muslim community there and we found that um, roughly about 20% were openly and publicly saying, 
I'm a Muslim, but I support gay rights. About 20% um, were overtly hostile, and the other 60%, they just kept their opinion totally to themselves, so we don't know, but probably not sympathetic. But, you know, that is better, and I think that the polls of Muslim people in Britain about LGBT issues are still, you know, very negative, but they're nowhere near as negative as they were 10 or 15 years ago. That's so interesting. I, I, I cannot imagine walking into Finsbury Park Mosque, for instance, and, um, and as, as a gay man, you're, you're even receiving... Um, uh, Getting out alive. A, yes, exactly. <laughs> a, civil, a civil welcome. So I'm, I'm very impressed that, uh, that you think you can, you can shift this. But your record is pretty, is pretty impressive, Peter. You know, since your first protests in the 1970s? 60s. 1960s. <laughs> um, you look younger than you, I mean, you are younger than you look. Uh, since your first protests in the 1960s, you have been pivotal in this extraordinary public attitude change. And as Damien said, it is probably the single most important issue on which the public has moved can, yeah, can I just, can I just, just to, to wind up, I, I want to focus on the attitude of evangelicals towards... Can I just, just add to that before you do? I mean, I think the LGBT movement is probably the world's first truly global mass human rights movement. I don't think there's ever, another point in history, been a movement that has transcended borders... In the uh, same way. In the same way, to the same extent. Um... You know, like the black civil rights movement in America was very much focused on America. Yeah. Yeah. The struggle against apartheid very much on South Africa. The struggle for women's rights, well, it's there, but it hasn't got the same cohesion and organization and coordination. So we just had World Pride in Madrid last weekend, and it brought together activists and supporters from virtually every part of the world. And they're all united together as part of a single not, not, there's no central organization, but it's, it's a coherent movement that is global, that is reaching every country in the world. Mm. So, I think what I find more intriguing than anything else is the attitude of evangelical Christians towards gay people. I don't, I don't actually say LGBT because I, I, I often feel that the vocabulary is, is changing all the time and... I think actually one thing that that does bother people is the ever-changing sort of lexicon of how to refer to various things. And the, yes. I, I think a lot of people are very fed up with the, the transgender wars. But one thing I have noticed is that younger evangelicals in America and this country and also supposedly younger conservative Catholics are in fact far more gay-friendly than you would expect them to be. Have you picked that up? Oh, absolutely. I mean, here in this country... Fifteen years ago, there was a survey of British Catholics with, which found that only 11% supported the Vatican's hardline opposition to LGBT people. Only 11%, and I suspect it's probably down to about 4, four or 5% now. And, and with evangelicals, you know, similar, similar dramatic changes. I mean, the leaderships of the churches are out of touch with the grassroots, well, particularly younger, younger people. Just to reiterate, you know, evangelicals... Um, are essentially autonomous churches and they can change their line yeah. with, a, with, with, a, with a vote. The Catholic Church does not view itself that way. Um, 
it will be, and I'm not arguing in favour of it, but it, as Peter says, it will be a very, very long haul and an even longer haul, I suspect, in the Muslim world. But fascinating discussion. Peter Tatchell, thank you very much for coming in.